1: Hallelujah. Shall we share a word of prayer? Father, thank you once again for the privilege of coming before your word. Your word says, the word of the king is this, power. Let your power be manifest this morning to transform our lives, to teach us your way, to make us walk in the light, O God, until Jesus comes. Thank you, O God, for the unction. For the anointing and the grace to minister to your people. I come against anything that opposes itself to the knowledge of God's word. I pull down every stronghold of the enemy. And I say that the word of God will run swiftly in all the earth in accordance with scripture. Thank you for answered prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Well... This is day two of our daughter, you can make it convention. Amen. And you are all welcome once again. I think that the meeting has already taken off in grand style. And we thank God for his presence. Amen. I thank God for this opportunity to minister to wonderful people like you. I thank God also for my husband, the bishop. In whose vision I have found my vision. Amen. And he keeps giving me ideas. You know, he said, daughter should now have camps. Daughter camps. So, we have taken that uh, direction. And by the grace of God, we will be in the UK from the 19th to the 22nd or so I believe and we are now starting on a Thursday night and the Thursday night is going to be a pyjama night and no brothers are allowed to come in so we are going to wear our pyjamas which we have ordered with daughter you can make it and we are going to take our mugs of hot chocolate and we are going to sit around the master and do some woman to woman talk amen and I believe that you see that UK is a pilot project (laughs) and so as it works and we get more grounded then we will have one where it all began amen So I believe that In 2012 if the Lord tarries We shall have a pajama daughter You can make One of our greatest challenges Is venue Even when we have The ladies high ball Now we don't have any way To meet When it's at the Kodesh, there's no way Because the last time We went beyond 650 La Palme's biggest hall is 350. Golden Tulip's biggest hall is 100 and something. So they put us by the pool. But every year, we get greater and we increase more. So some of you should think of going into that business of having halls of various, because it's really a problem in Ghana. You can't get a hall. People are willing to pay to come to the dinners, everything. But last year, we said no. We have a limit. When it reaches this limit, we will not go beyond. And so we had to do that. So next if we are to have the camp. I don't know where. So start looking, start thinking, and bring ideas. And I am sure. tents. yeah, it's true, after all. It's woman to woman, no temptation. Hopefully. Amen. And I also want to thank Bishop Saki for all his support as a resident pastor. He's always encouraging me. If he hears the radio, he will be listening and then he will be sending me comments. Sometimes when I go to the radio station live, he will be sending me comments and texts. I don't know that it's him, but when I come out, he said, Did you get my text? I said, Which text? Oh, I said that this and that and that. I say, Ah, but. Thank God for all the bishops who stand with us, our pastors, and of course our lady pastors, and you also. Give yourself a hand for being here. Now, we all know that our key verse has been Revelations chapter 19, verse 7. And that's the reason why it is written behind our t-shirts. Amen. Because women naturally think about marriage, isn't it? It's so natural. Somebody was showing me her wedding gown already. I said, ah, but do you have a beloved? I said, no, I don't have a beloved, but I know that this is what I would like to wear. And I said, so how did you come by these styles? Oh, I'm always browsing the net." I'm always browsing the net. So she came close to me and showed me her phone. She said, Mommy, do you like this style? Or what about this one? And what about that one? I mean, she has not seen the beloved. The beloved is not on any horizon. But the dress is more important than the man. Do you understand? So she has prepared for the dress. One sister who is even sitting here today, I will not mention her name. She prepared long before she met the man. So when the wedding was coming up, she was very fast. So I said, ah, how do you know your color scheme, your flower girls, what they would do? Because I lived that experience long ago. She knew the hairstyle, even the decor in the hall, how it would be, what theme she would use. She said, it's a garden of Eden, so there will be some apples. I said, make sure there's no serpent. (laughs) She executed everything. She said that everything that I have dreamt of must come to pass. One of the greatest weddings I have gone to was at La Palme. Hey! The arrangements, the preparations. I was shocked. It was like out of a magazine. I mean, I've gone to weddings where the couples are driven in a chariot and all that, a cart by a horse. All that happened, but this one was... Even what they were dancing on, was some tablet. When they turn, then turns green. When they do, then it turns blue. Hey! The wedding gown was some light pink. And they kept changing, changing. And at the reception, there were no chairs. So there was a stage. And a golden sofa. And the bride and groom, you know. And we cut two cakes. Very lovely. The, the lady told me that it came in our gold I said, it will come. I've never seen a wedding like that you know, and as they cut the cake, there was also a fruit cake, not fruit cake, that's a cake, but just fruits, with a huge cake of fruits that's also the cut hey, and as we stand there, we had cocktails and all that and we thought that was the reception, then a screen moved, and there was the dinner it was not an easy thing, I'm telling you look, give me the credits that, by the grace of God, I've traveled to every continent if you like, but this one i've not seen it anywhere made in ghana with style i said to the bride i think that you should become an events coordinator because the way you have coordinated your things and after this this after this this it was not easy Hey, Hmm. even the entourage alone i don't think that kate middleton and prince william But it's a wonder the way we spend so much time preparing for a wedding, which is a one day affair. We wear the gown only for a day. Or if we are lucky, two days. Not even two days, a day and a bit. You know? The event is only one day or at most two days. You know? But the preparation towards it is phenomenal. And even when it hasn't happened to us, our dreams are in our hearts. Our dreams are in our heads. Some of us, we know our color scheme already. Some people have had their wedding already. Sister say, I have to do it again because that first one, that time, my eyes had not opened. I have to do it with class. Amen. The Bible says in Revelation 19 verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. And he said unto me, Right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou, do it not. I am thy fellow servant. Well, the person was kneeling down. But the Bible says that we should be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Sometimes I wonder why it says wife. Because you are not a wife yet the marriage of the lamb has come but you are now going to partake in that marriage and then become a wife but the bible is saying that the wife has made herself ready so you plan towards becoming a wife or you become a wife before the real event happens there must be something wifely about you before the real event comes your way amen One of the things I always say is that sometimes God has not allowed some of us to be married yet because he knows that we are not ready. We think that we are ready, but he knows that if you marry today, in six months, you'll be divorced. God knows it. Because the type of short fuse you have. You can't marry because you need a long fuse. The Bible says you have need of patience. So that after you have done the will of god you may inherit the promises you have need short supply it's a need and not all of us are patient even in marriage you say lady reverend patient for what what do i need patience for he loves me our love is made in heaven it's true but it's to be lived on earth and some of us don't have you know patience Self-control, patience when a long and painful situation is not changing. And you still have to hang in there and still be a wife. And nobody forced you. You went and said in the vows to be a wife to you. You could easily have said to be a sister to you. It's okay. <laughs> to be a female to you, it's okay. But to be a wife to you is a different ball game altogether. And marriage is something to be prepared for. That's why the marriage of the Lamb is something you must prepare for. I always marvel, especially this year. I've been reading that verse for years, but I'm surprised that in Titus two, Paul will write to Timothy to say that the aged women should teach the younger women to guide the house in the church. Room. I thought that such things must be taught by your mother, your auntie, your mother figure, whoever is in your life. But not that Pastor Timothy should organize. So the older women would teach younger women to guide the house. In the church, I thought that in the church, we'll speak in tongues, we'll cast out devils, and we'll do great things. But not to teach younger women to guide the house. Many of us are busy guiding the corporate world, but not the house. We are busy guiding even people in the church, but not the house. And The Bible says you must be taught to guide the house. As I talk to more and more of you young ladies, my heart breaks that you are not ready. This is not even my topic for today. but My heart just breaks that you are not ready. When I speak to you, I ask you, can you cook? <laughs> I can manage something. And I say, have you grilled chicken before? I've seen it done. I suppose I can... Well, I ask, do you know how to make groundnut soup? superior I don't like it. You may not like it, but do you know what the person who God is bringing to your, your life likes? Amen. Amen. To guide the house. Some of you, you don't know how to lead a balanced life. All that you do is to spend your time in church. It's great to be in the house of God. But what about the house that you have left behind? Who, has, who should guide it? You have left that man without food and he can't say it when he comes to church he sees you lifting your hands praise the lord and you begin to even give us words of knowledge and discernment of spirits but there's a famine in the house you can't balance anything because when you are married you must be able to be a mother be a wife be a homemaker be a cook because you have to guide the meals even if You say, I have help. You still have to guide the meals. You have to bring variety. Not that every time you say, oh, cook this. And then there's no input from you. You don't know even market prices. So the person just goes and spends the money anyhow. And then your money is always running out before the the week or the month is out. Because you don't know anything. You don't know how to balance to even pray. Since you married, your prayer life has been in disarray. It's all part of guiding the house, but still having a balanced life. And it's a battle. It's not easy. You want to still be a Christian. You want to still play your part in the house of God. But How do you do that when your husband has broken your heart so much, you have cried the whole morning, and you are supposed to come and stand there and minister in song? You need to be ready for emotions that you have not planned for. Sometimes you can have a very peaceful day, and then suddenly a storm will come. You didn't know from where a beast from a beast from the middle of the sea. How are you going to manage that? So did you ever me, I'm very de- delicate. So things hurt me, and when things hurt me, I can't let go. The marriage has come, but I don't think you have made yourself ready. And the readiness depends on you and I. He says the the wife has made herself. It's a self-help project by the grace of the Holy Spirit. It's a self-help project. Sometimes when I go, I have question and answer time. People ask me, how do you manage to be in ministry, to do this, to do this, and to still flow? It's a nice topic, but how do you know how my home is? You just assume that as I stand here preaching, it means everything is in place in my home. By the grace of God it is, but it is also a presumption. You see women of God, say, oh, this woman, the way she preaches about submission, she'll be very submissive. It's not true. It is because she battles with submission. That's why she tells you, you dare, you better submit. (laughs) I've told you when I was watching TBN once and Prophetess Juanita Bynum was going to get married or was engaged or something, she came on with her husband, Bishop Weeks. And the interviewer was saying, tell me, how can you be married to such a great prophetess and still expected to submit to you? Is she like a wifely? And then the prophetess went, Abraham didn't wait for him to answer. She just held his hand and said, honey, say I'm submissive. Say it. She's telling him how to answer The question So you may be great in ministry But you may not be great In domestic things And you need to make yourself Ready Amen You have laundry this high Like Afajato Your wardrobe Is in disarray When your husband is working He has to walk over your things He can't find them And yet you sit here so sanctimoniously to guide the home, to guide the home, to guide the home. Some of us we don't even know what the homework of our children, what is it? What 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 is in the homework? And some of you young people, you are so used to taking care of yourself. And every time I meet you, you say, I don't have time at all, sister mommy. I'm so busy, just yourself. It's a project. Now you are going to bring Adamu into the picture. After Adamu, you are going to have children. After children, you are going to have domestic staff. After domestic staff, you are going to have guests. After guests, you are going to have in laws. How will you manage to guide the house? And it's usually when we are incapable, we freak out and it's like we are angry. Why is your father coming? Why is your mother coming? It's not the coming, no. it's the fact that it will reveal your deficiencies and you are not ready for that. The marriage of the lamp has come. That's what the marriage has come. But it can come upon you. <laughs> unawares. Amen. Every day all that you make is soup. When will you make pineapple upside down? When will you make Vindaloo curry? When will you make Madras curry? When will you make chicken steak for a change? When? and when the man says that can we not have some variety you freak out he said that's my favorite eat it and be happy eat it and be happy but making yourself ready for marriage is not easy because to take a whole man all his nutritional needs are dependent on you a whole big man it's not easy and you have to have innovation and ideas. Every day I benquine. Every day I've been quiet. Every day I've been quiet. Can he bring international guests to your house? Or it will be a person, hey, yes, send them yeah. Nobody is already made. We can learn, but we are lazy to learn anything new. We are lazy to be changed. We are lazy, and if there's anything that can change you so much is marriage. Ten year, ten left, ten. Hey, <laughs> That's see your bad minds. You are cool.
0: thinking about <laughs>
1: <laughs> to guide the home. A bishop was says a certain man said that he has cobwebs in his house, so he's leaving his wife. Cobwebs. So everybody and what makes them tick, do you understand? And when he came to his house, he said that, oh, his house, they are but there's no problem. There's a flow. But the problem can be in another area. Amen. When you hear that in-laws are coming, there's the second world war. Why should your mother come? Where will she sleep? It's not that. You know that the light soup is very transparent. <laughs> and now the mother is coming no. She's coming to Mark to guide the house. Can you live with somebody who is unpleasant? You have married the man. He cannot change his mother. His mother is his mother. His mother is always facing you. You know, before I got married, it was something that God put on my heart. So I asked God for certain things. And one of the things was, God, Give me exceptional favor with my in-laws. I wasn't married then. Give me exceptional favor and let me be accepted in a way that only you and God has answered the prayer over all these years. And I give him all that glory. Because my husband was an only son. Do you see? And even just before he traveled, one of the days, I went to see his mother or pick her from the airport, something. And when I came home the next day he was about to go out and he said mommy I want to honor you and I'm like hey why I want to thank you so much for the way you love my mother the way you take care of her even more than me things that I don't remember may the lord reward you is that not a blessing <laughs> as you are preparing for my you have not even thought of your you know, it doesn't even occur to you as a prayer topic You feel that oh i've got the man i mean what i don't care about the mother i don't care about the sisters but he came from somewhere amen sometimes your own mother says things then then you freak out you see my mother when she calls where are you i don't want to respond "Eh? these children you must stay with them you must nurture them you must meanwhile only one child is at home. So whenever I'm going anywhere, she's like my handbag. You know, that so I should call. Are you still in the office? So where is Paula? I said, she's here. This child, she has to go to school. She to. So one day I asked her, I said, did you have perfect children? I said, hey, is that what you are coming to ask me? I said, yes, did you have perfect children? I said, Why are you asking me that? I said, because I saw your children. I saw perfect kaka. I saw Prophet Payne. I saw your, my brother. It's very bad. It's the grace of God that helped you. So he said, what you are telling me? I said, that is what I'm saying clearly. But if it's your in-law, you may not be able to say these things. He so said, look at Kojo. Look at, oh, we know your children. It will become World War III. So your mother will still say things that rub you the wrong way. But because she's your mother, it will be a soft landing. So it's not that your mother is so cantankerous, but just because you cannot deal with it the way you would have dealt with, with your mother. The marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Some of you, as you are going to marry, you are so self-centered. You will never remember your husband's mother's birthday and men don't remember such events. So as your husband doesn't remember, you also don't Remember? So you don't call anybody. You don't call your mother-in-law to say, Happy birthday, God bless you. Nothing. And the mantle has forgotten. So two days pass. And then she calls her, Hey, so don't you know? And you'll be blamed as a wife, whether you like it or not. So because of your selfishness, God has not brought the man. Because you you can't think outside your scope. The marriage of the Lamb has come. And the bride has made herself. One of the most... Challenging areas, I think, in marriage that you really have to mature in is your emotions. Because people act when their emotions go haywire. Why should I follow such a thing? Why should I be mistreated? Why should I suffer injustice? Did he say that about me? Lady Reverend, this is the end. My heart has closed. Look at your life and your emotions like I was preaching yesterday. You are so carnal. You are so subject to the things of the flesh Everything your flesh tells you, you do Flesh says jump, you jump Flesh says run, you run Flesh says sit, you sit You are so engulfed by carnality So when you marry, your carnality will just manifest There is nothing spiritual You are not subject to anything Neither indeed can you be You are not subject to the law of Christ You are not subject to any word So, when you are mad, you are mad. When you are angry, you are angry. When you are hurt, you are hurt. When you can't be pacified, you can't be pacified. The word of God cannot pacify you. When something happens, you can't be comforted. The Bible says Rachel refusing to be comforted for her children. So sometimes the comfort will come, but you are not at the place where you can even be comforted. The thing has happened, we are comforting you that it's okay. Let it go. You cannot receive even that. You cannot be comforted. And yet, you want to marry. The marriage of the lamb has come. And the bride has made herself. Stop working on other projects. Work on yourself. What is the key? Lady Reverend, there are so many things. You have to be this. You have to be this. You have to be this. The key is to be subject to the law of God. That's the key. To allow the word of God to really be Lord in your life. I think that. That is how God has led me. Sometimes, when I'm very devastated about something, I'll ask God, So God, what should I do? And he'll say nothing. <laughs> Those are some of the experiences that have led to messages like the weapon of stillness. Don't do anything. You know Psalm 46, it says that, Though the mountains be removed and be cast into the sea, Though this happens, though this, I will say that, Be still. And know that I'm God. If the mountains were not moving, it would be easy to be still. If they were not being cast into the sea, it would be easy to be still. But in the midst of all that, they say, Be still and know that I'm God. It's not easy. To learn stillness. As you are marrying, can there be events that go wrong? And when the Lord tells you, be still. As a Christian, be still. Why? And know that I'm God. Know that I'm in control. Know that I'm sovereign. Know that I'm God Almighty. I know that, but it doesn't help my stillness. It should. It should help you to be still. Just because he is God. Not because the situation looks good. Not because it looks like it's going to improve. Not because it's supposed to end soon. But you just know that he is God. That is the only reason for your stillness. And in marriage sometimes, you have to be still. What are you going to do? Bring a storm on. Bring on World War Three. Fight your own battles. Sometimes he will say to you, be still. There's space. Be still. Be still. It's not easy. Even now, your single life, be still. You're all over the place. How much more when you feel that somebody is the cause? Of what has happened to you. Can, you. can you be still? You need eyes of faith to be still. It's not easy to be still. The Bible says faith is the substance of things, of the evidence of things not seen. But in my law practice, evidence is things you see. Exhibit one, two, three and four, and exhibit A, B, C, D and E. It depends on if it's the plaintiff, it may be numerical counting. If it's the defense, it may be alphabetical counting. So I'm giving you a little lecture. And it's when you have the exhibit that you know that, oh, this is it, and it reinforces my case. But the Bible is saying that it's the evidence of things not seen. So you are behaving as if what you have not seen is happening. You need that in marriage. You need faith. When the nabal in your life is manifesting, you need faith to see him as Jesus. You need faith because there's a big gap between N and J. Nebal and Jesus, they are two different things. But you are believing God that He will exhibit Christ-like qualities. Christ and Nebal are two different things. So as Nebal is manifesting, you are also walking by the evidence of things not seen, not seen. But that is a place at which we fail. So let's return to the divorce courts. I'm going there. A lady came to see me as a pastor's wife. And she said, after one year of marriage, my husband says he doesn't love me anymore. One year. So I said, ah. But how long were you in a relationship for? So about six years. Six years. Six years, he didn't know that he didn't love you anymore. After one year, he says, not that he says he's going, he's gone. And they are born again Christians. And I asked her, so what happened that he told you this? Was it when you were in the house? Did it develop gradually? Usually it would develop gradually. Oh, so when we got married, uh, we decided that my business was also very important. So I was in another town, and he was also in another town. So, Lady Reverend, my business was very good. That's what I used to support him. So every time I went for weekends, I saw that things were changing. And then one day I went, and there was a full-fledged lady with a cloth round her, busily cooking. So I got to know that things were changing, and now he says that he doesn't love me anymore, so I should just go. The marriage of a lamb has come. The bride has made herself ready. Are you prepared to relocate geographically? You are there now. He says because it deals in timber, it's going to Samra boy. Samra boy, who do I know there? <laughs> Explain to me with diagrams. Who do I know there? Look, Samra what boy? Is it in Italy? It's in behind Takradi there. It's not far. Samra boy, what work will I do in Samra boy? Who will I fellowship with in Samra Boy? When I was marrying you, you told me that we'll be in Accra. How come now we are moving to Samra Boy? I said, because I thought so, but now my boss says that they have opened a new outlet. And I have to go. It's not that he lied to you. But there are other forces at work also over his life that he didn't know about. So now that he has married you, he also had the mind that you'll be in Accra. But by something, somehow... You have to relocate to Samra Boy. Tan, tan, tana. are you ready? (laughs) Sometimes a relocation may not even be geographical. You are standing at the same place, but you've been relocated. Because your life circumstances can change. Do you understand? Maybe he was a manager of this. And therefore he used to bring some of the products from so Nestle products these days when the children are going to school it's easier. Whatever, everything was fine. Now he says that, that company has wound up. So he's a civil servant at Infantiman District Assembly. He also didn't plan for it. The marriage of the bride has come. Are you able to adapt to change? Change that you didn't anticipate? Change that you didn't know about yourself. And I've preached about all this. I've preached about the woman in the midst of change. Because you undergo more change as a woman than a man. Not only biologically, but even in your life. Because as you become a wife, you know that, okay, you are married in Accra. Then later he says he has been transferred to some boy. Then later he says the company has wound up. So now I don't have a job. It's, what? A man who doesn't have a job? I never, I never... What bargained for that nobody bargained for that but there's change in life things change that are not even necessarily our fault, they just change the marriage of the lamb has come and the bride the bride the wife wife and bride the bible says a wife, bride and woman in this verse is interchanged has made herself, 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 herself ready. Can you love somebody who has betrayed you? Can you love somebody that you put your confidence in and the person broke it and then you you still have a duty, not even a choice or an option, of loving that person. Can you? When the person is the closest to you. and lady pastor told me, you know, somebody went to report her to her husband. "Your wife has done this, this this, since you put me in this ministry, your wife's behavior towards me has changed this this." this. Then the husband says, in, in the presence of a lady pastor, "Why are you doing that?" Why, he doesn't ask. Is it true?" what happened, just the church member has come to say so you just have to disgrace me in the presence of everybody and after we go home I'm supposed to feed you and not put poison in it and love you irrevocably and answer to all your needs the marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready say to the person next to you I say, are you ready? Because if every time you feel offended, every time you are betrayed, every time you are disgraced, you will just get up and leave. Do you know the amount of disgrace certain spouses go through? Do you know? Embarrassment like neighbor. Fighting without self, talking anyhow. You will go and bring the house of those house up, and then after that you are hot. See me, I can't stand for such things. You will stand for such things that you wonder where you got the grace from. It's a total, complete, and irrevocable bum bum. (laughs) Amen. Amen. The marriage of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready. Some of you, when you sleep, you don't want to be disturbed. So when I sleep and I'm walking up late and I lose my whole train of sleep I, can't, I don't like to be disturbed at all you are not ready to marry you are not ready when I say you can't even you can't even what, connect you can't connect with what I'm saying That oh I'm in sleep dear you are tired and you are asleep you set your alarm and you wake up when you want when you marry it's not like that you all come in at different times and somebody is waking you up. That's why somebody said, he tapped his wife and the wife said, Oh, who is that? <laughs> and he was so angry. He said, I tear the arm dropper. I tear the arm dropper. I am I tear the arm dropper. I who is that? Who is in the room? <laughs> the marriage of the lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready. Even in the bedroom, God has something to say. He says, do not defraud one another. He says, come together quickly, let Satan tempt you. He says, the wife's body is not her own, and the husband's body is not his own. But when you read it, you think it's a nursery rhyme. But when you marry, you come to the conclusion that even your body does not belong to you. And that's also a surprise. It's another (laughs) bum-bum. Amen! The marriage of the Lamb has come. And the bride has made herself ready. Can you still advance spiritually when you are married? Will you still be able to have personal Bible study? Will you still be able to have personal retreats? It depends on you. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight. It's a fight. Some of you, you don't fight for anything. Everything has fallen from the sky to you. But in your walk with God, you have to fight. You have children, you have a husband, you have work, you have ministry, you have this, you have that. And yet, your soul wants a retreat. Your spirit is crying out that you have to go and be with God alone. I need to seek the Father. I need strength from somewhere. And you can't find it. How are you going to find it in your busy schedule? I think that the reason why Satan keeps us from the presence of God is because we become so empowered in that arena. That's the place where we find power. That's the place where we can stand on our feet and fight. And that's the very place that Satan will attack. He will let you feel that everything else is important. The children's school, your husband's food, everything else is important. But your personal retreat. Oh, it's not possible. Oh, you can't do it. Oh, if you go, what will the children do? But when there's a funeral, you go. And the children are okay. The marriage of the Lamb has come. Sometimes I just need to be alone with God. For me, it's such quality time. Sometimes I even need to not go somewhere, but I need my bedroom to be free. You know? And sometimes our day off is on a Monday. So... By the grace of God, we have very beautiful fellowships on Monday, my husband and I. Because our children are in boarding school. The smallest one goes to school. So we are back to honeymoon season. But after all the niceties, we've relaxed, whatever. Maybe it's in the afternoon. And I have one or two to do. And he'll say, ah, today I'm very tired. I went for the crusade. I did this. I wonder if I should go and play golf. And yours truly has also another plan. So I begin to encourage him, oh, you must go. It's very good. If you go, you know, this is the right time. The sun will come down at this time. Uh, uh, The child will come from school at this time. So based on all this, if you go, it will be good. He, He smiles. He thinks that I'm really encouraging him for a good thing. But the reason is a selfish reason. Just so that I can have me time to myself. Because sometimes you are always serving, always cooking, always looking after, always, you also need me time to replenish. Even sometimes to just listen to a message. Amen! Or to just relax. Even that, it doesn't always come easy. The marriage of the Lamb has come, and the bride has made herself ready. The readiness is the yieldedness, the malleability in the hands of God. The Bible says he's the porter and we are the clay. Can God mold you? Can God still have your heart when situations are not the best? When there's a storm, can God still count on your heart towards him? When things are not going well, can God count on his relationship with you? That is your anchor. That is your hope. The anchor is at the harbor, where there are storms, things are moving, whatever. But when you are anchored, your anchor is Christ. And for me, that is the key to making yourself ready. Amen. I said, you know, at our daughter convention in South Africa, that I felt that the Holy Spirit was saying, Tell my people. To set their house in order. For they don't know the day when I shall call them. Not even the day that he will come. But the day that he shall call us to glory. I was at the American Daughter last year. And I was preaching on better things. And that thing is a whole series. And I just felt inclined to preach what was exciting to me. On the Sunday. But the Holy Spirit kept saying no preach about a better country. Tell my people that I'm taking them to a better country and that this is not it. They must look forward to a better country. Tell my people. And I said, Lord, they are your people and you are the one who knows what way they lead. So I will just bow. I will just submit. So I preached about a better country and after that I invited one of our lady pastors to sing about the new Jerusalem. Oh, how great that day will be when Jesus shall appear You know, all the world shall see him in the sky. We shall have new bodies that know not sin nor death. We shall be in the new Jerusalem. That's how the service ended. About a month ago, if you like, one of our lady pastors who was in the service, she died of cancer. And then they brought me a tribute that they had written, the American church to go through. I had even forgotten what I preached about. And they said in the tribute, for was it not true when Lady Reverend stood at the last daughter you can make it and reminded us of a better country we believe indeed that you have gone to a better country it is then that I said, ah, it's true I preached about a better country that must have been the Holy Spirit you don't know why God says preach this, you say oh no I want to preach something that will make us laugh. I want to preach. I've learned to just obey the Holy Spirit. And when the Bible says that the marriage of the Lamb has come and the bride has made herself ready, readiness, the first readiness is spiritual readiness. Spiritual readiness because everything will pass away, including your nice wedding that you had. Including your nice gown that you had. Including your nice home, your children, your family. Everything will pass away. But God's word will never pass away. And that is why yesterday I was preaching about carnality. Because we need to be spiritual. We need to invest in spiritual things. I say it and we all laugh. that We just spend our money on weave on on this, on that, on that. I went to a shop. The on is thousand Ghana cities. Thousand and they say you need two or three. I went to another shop. The lady called me, I'm sure she saw me as a very big was Madame, she took me to the side. She said, Have a look at this. And I saw some hair pieces. I said, Yes. She said, Oh, this is the original human hair, Bra- not Brazilian, this one, Indian or something. And I just smiled and I said, Really? So, how much is it? Ooh, this one is 1,005. And then this other one is 1,000. I thought I didn't hear right. I said, thou- thou- I mean, 1,000 <laughs> what? She said, Oh, 1,500 CDs. And she said, Look, if you have two, you will use it for two years. And then she started to show me her scalp. Look, this is what I have worn. It never changes. It never... So I said, oh, okay, thank you very much. I'll think about it. I didn't think about it one minute. And one of the shops, when the girl said thousand, I asked the girl, I said, let me ask you something in earnest. Do people buy, say, oh, madam, all the time. All the time, especially these bang girls and things. Oh, madam, all the time. It's like, "Where, where have I been that I don't know that? People buy, and I said we invest eh, in things that is somebody's smelly hair. <laughs> the person has even died and left a hair to you, yes. but we invest in it. But to buy a CD, never we, we never buy anything spiritual. Ever, you will not get us to give up anything to be at a meeting like this. No. I have to make my apesie, I have to make my kinky and fish I have to do this The carnal part of us Is always being ministered to And the spiritual part, never If we tell you Give an offering If Bishop Saki comes and today we are giving offering thousand, you say hey. But when you go and the weave on is thousand You say eh? I don't have enough money hmm. Okay, can you put it down for me? Can I pay in bits and have it? Okay, so every month I'll pay every month in bits and pieces Lay by, as they say in America Lay by, when you finish buying, You lay it aside and you pay small, small, small And then you come for it But we have never heard you negotiate about A newer version of the Bible That you understand better We have never heard you negotiate about Any message in this church We have never seen you go hungrily After anything spiritual always the canal that will be put in the ground even fasting we can't but this body will be eaten by maggots but the spirit will live forever the spirit we cannot feed it the marriage of the bride the lamp has come and the bride has made us nothing happens in a vacuum if you don't invest in spiritual things you won't have it you don't become spiritual by a magic wand Or by one laying on of hands, you just become spiritual. Laying on of hands imparts something. But it does not impart the whole spirituality that you need. And I just get frightened at the confidence of some of you. You are so confident to walk without God. You are so confident to have no reference to his word. You are so confident to just walk out and feel that everything will be okay. Because that's for me as I grow more and more. I can't agree much more with the scripture that says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look, without him, I cannot do any look, don't say only whatever you can do a few things. It's not true. I cannot. And it's not because I just want to look humble or I've experienced it. Many times I come before him and say, Apart from you, hey, this verse is so real. I can do nothing. Nothing. And yet you, you have been with him all the time, and you are without him all the time. You are doing a lot of things. But it's the storms of time that show what we have invested in, what we have built our lives on. It's good to come to church, to provoke one another to love and to good ways. But at the end of the day, it's your personal faith, your personal walk, your personal relationship with him that will keep you going. That's why Jesus said to the people, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. You work alright, oh, but your work is in iniquity. You are work alright, you exert energy, we all see you, you are moving, but you are not spiritual. Spirituality, zero. Everything is, and most of the time you talk, what will people think about me? You are so whatever about your reputation. But Jesus made himself of no reputation and humbled himself unto death. Even death on the cross. If you are if you are protecting your reputation, you can't please God. Though. You can't walk with Him, your reputation. You go and say you are a pastor. Instead of saying you are a lawyer or a doctor, you say you are a pastor. Reputation one, gone. On. Amen. Number two, you go for corporate lunches and corporate dinners. They are serving a certain type of wine. Everybody is drinking from a certain type of wine glass. And when they ask you, what will you drink? People are saying Debonair and things. Then you, you say, Coke. (laughs) Ah, Obey class. I know maybe. What is it? Don't you have class at your level? Your reputation. Your reputation will be at stake if you want to work with God. Sometimes you are coming to preach. What will I preach about? What if the people don't feel blessed or don't feel that you have anything sensible to say? Your foundation must be that you just want to preach what God told you. It's not the response of the people. It's the one who sent you and the message he gave you that you should be concerned about. The marriage of the lamb has come. And the wife has made herself ready.
0: It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward-Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh North Kaneshi or meet her on Facebook at Rev. Mrs. Adelaide Heward-Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.